Roxy Soxy. <gasps> and good afternoon, Tam Tam. How that are you, my life? <gasps> wow. You know, I was in Lake Tahoe this past weekend working on a work event, and it was lovely. Um, and then in the middle of the work event, the SAG strike happened. Oh, that's right. Right? You were... So does that mean while you're working, and we'll explain to our listeners a little mm -hmm. bit more about what the SAG strike actually is, because a lot of people are confused by it. They're like, right. I don't understand why people are actually striking because they assume that actors, are, every actor is making hundreds <laughs> of millions of dollars. <laughs> right. Um, but does that mean that while you're working, you actually have to stop what you're doing straight away? So basically, it means that some of the talent that was slated to be there um, was not there. Like they were, they were there and then they left. Um, right. I'm assuming to join for forces on the picket lines um, right. back here in Los Angeles. Um, so it kind of made for an interesting few days because some, some people were coming back also to cover a movie premiere that happened on Saturday. Um, but cut to the movie premiere and obviously none of the talent could come to promote the movie. So I believe that the red carpet was quite scant <laughs> and there were not a lot of people, you know, because the, the whole thing kind of turned everything upside down. So I think like, you know, I was talking to another kind of host friend there and uh, they were saying, yeah, we were talking about like the events coming up and it was like, it's going to be really interesting because a lot yeah. of when it's when there's really a studio involved, you know, a lot of the talent can't come to promote anything. So red carpets yeah. are going to change, you know, the scope of events, I think, are going to change. Like there's going to be maybe a lot more beauty and fashion lifestyle kinds of things. Yeah. Um, you know, and with talent promoting as themselves and not for roles or for movies or TV. Yeah. I heard that yeah. when the SAG strike actually happened, it was like mm -hmm. pens down, like people, if they were at a movie premiere, they actually had to leave it. Mm -hmm. Um. So, yeah. So, you know, for me, I, listen, I, my acting is so sporadic anyway. I, mm. I'm not on a show right now. So it's like, I have a movie and then I don't have a movie and then, but you know what it's affected is my husband's film because he was slated to start shooting in August, Um, the movie that he wrote and he's directing as well. And everyone was like, ways to do it. And now they can't start. So, you know, they're, they now have a tentative start date and it kind of throws everything off the map and they can get something called a waiver, which means mm -hmm. that because they started the production before the SAG strike, technically mm -hmm. they could go, but I feel like it's just a bad look and it's also a bad move mm -hmm. because we are in solidarity um, of this strike and we can explain a little bit more um, on what, what is happening in the States right now. But like we want to support the actors and we want to support the writers. So even though there is a way to get a waiver, I, I don't know if that's the right thing. Yeah, you know, it's really tricky. We were actually speaking about that this weekend, too, about like the optics, right? Because it's like, although um, some of the people weren't necessarily working at the time, that they were, mm -hmm. you know, not wanting to kind of, you know, put forth the image that they were trying to work or trying to work in different countries or what have you. And so they too, they were concerned about the optics. They were like, okay, you know, like we probably are just going to, you know, pick it and come back and, you know, stand with our, with our fellow mm -hmm. SAG members and really try yeah. try to make change. Right. But like, you know, a lot of, I mean, it'll just be interesting to see because I think obviously it does affect like the actors and the actresses and, 
you know, the studios and people directly involved, but it also affects yes. a ton of other people, right? Because it's the like trickle down, of yes. course. Yes, it's like the Kate, the people who do catering and the people who do, you know, dry cleaning laundry and hair and makeup mm-hmm. and like and then Los Angeles in and of itself, it's like, you know, people aren't now going out to eat. So it's gonna right. affect the restaurants. It's it's going to have a a far wide reaching effect than mm-hmm. just like the A-list actors who aren't working for four months. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, cause I think that that's the perception as people go, well, why are, you know, A-list actors, you know, uh, even picketing, they make so much money anyway. Like this is not going to affect them, mm-hmm. but it's like 87% of people in SAG, uh, Screen Actors Guild of America, which is a union for actors. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't even make their enough money to be eligible for healthcare, 87%. And that's shocking that that means mm-hmm. that there's not that many people working, you know, <laughs> so it's important for things like, you know, one of the main things on um, that they were fighting for was residuals. Right. Mm-hmm. So for people who don't uh, know what a residual is, residual is when the episode of your TV show or movie plays again, whether it's on that network or another network or gets sold. Like, for example, Pretty Little Liars was on Freeform mm-hmm. and then they it was sold to HBO. Mm-hmm. So when it was sold to HBO, every time an episode of mine that was played on HBO played, I got a little percentage. You get a little piece of the pie, right? So I got a little bit of money. It's not exponential. I think I only got you know, the first time it was played, I got like $400 and three, mm-hmm. it goes down every time and 300, then 200, then 100. Mm-hmm. But over time that makes up sort of the deficit that you need when you're not acting to be eligible for healthcare. Cause you have to mm-hmm. make $26,000 a year through SAG. So through acting or whatever SAG you're eligible for your SAG fees from, um, to be, to, to get your healthcare. So like residuals are a big, a big one for, for actors. And, these streaming services, it mm-hmm. looks like do not pay residuals, or if they do, they're so minimal that people aren't being able to apply for their healthcare every year. And like 87% of those people don't have healthcare. And mm-hmm. I think that what people in Australia don't fully understand, because I posted something on my Instagram about free healthcare here. And they said, well, it's not exactly free. And I was like, look, out of pocket, I took my daughter to, um, to the doctor last week and out of pocket it cost us 23 american dollars and we got her some medication for like right. she had a little cyst and we got her some medication and it cost us 12 american dollars out of pocket oh and so God. i said yes it's not free but mm-hmm. it's so close <laughs> to being free you know and yes you know you do have to pay more for certain things but you know, an average family in the U.S. has to pay twenty-two thousand U.S. dollars per year for a family of four to have health care. So it's really important when when SAG actors get eligible for health care because it means that they're not paying twenty-two thousand dollars a year for their family. So it's like a big deal. That's a really big deal, and it's like like you're saying. I think the the misconception is that if somebody's in SAG or if somebody is an actor, you know, like that they're making bazillions and bazillions of dollars. And that just isn't the truth. I was shocked when I heard that the threshold for healthcare through SAG is $26,000, you know, and that mm-hmm. most actors that are, you know, in SAG don't have healthcare through SAG, you know? No. So it is shocking. It really is. And this is the first time too in decades that both the Writers Guild and SAG has been striking at the same yeah. time. So 
Yeah. I'm already thinking like Christmas movies are going to be affected, you know, because they're usually shooting oh, about everything right this time in July. It's going to push the Emmys, obviously, too, because the mm-hmm. Emmys like, you know, usually occur in September. Um, and it's just the whole fall schedule is going to get thrown off. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see also how long it lasts, because I hear at this point that nobody is willing to come Working. together. <laughs> yeah. So it could be and so months. far off. Like I posted on my mm-hmm. Instagram stories, what the actual deal looks like, because mm-hmm. SAG is asking for specific things. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and the studios are like, no, like, for example, these little things that I think are so fair, you know, when I audition, um, mm-hmm. and this might be interesting for people to know, like when mm-hmm. I audition, they, they give me, they, they sometimes make us audition when they've even cast the role. So think about that for a second. So you're paying for a cell because now we don't mm-hmm. do auditions in person. So like it's it's very costly for people. I'm lucky and grateful that, that I am able to buy the right equipment and go to a self-tape place if I have to. But there's no go into an audition. All you have to do is show up and they tape you. Now mm-hmm. you're taping yourself. You're doing your hair and makeup. You're uploading it. You're sending it. You now have to pay for things like we transfer because they have big files. You're, you have to have a camera. You have to have lighting. And a lot of the times that you audition, the role is already cast. Mm. They're just doing it. I don't even know why they're doing it in case that person falls through, but I mm. think it's really shitty because it's also your time. It's your money. It's, and, 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 and you don't even know, like if someone's already been cast, like, why are you wasting that time and money on something? So one of the, 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 the offers for SAG is like, if the role has been cast, that has to be, that has to be told to the actors so they can Mm -hmm. choose whether they want to audition for like a future project or or not and they rejected it (sighs) they rejected things like even um you know please give the uh the actor the 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 accent the tone the genre of the audition piece so they know what they're doing so they're not wasting their time and they rejected Mm. that too but why like what is the reason right I you know. wouldn't want somebody it's like not even it, monetary. Yeah. Well, if I was the casting director too, I would want like who's ever coming in to be as prepared and as knowledgeable as possible. So it's not like a waste of all of our times, right? If somebody's mm-hmm. coming in to read for like a British, you know, accent and they're coming in with like a country accent or something, you know, it like doesn't make sense. It's like, why wouldn't you want that person? to know and to be prepared. I mean, I understand sometimes giving people just cold reads, you know, like not giving yeah, them the actual words. Yeah, if everyone's words. in the same boat, sure. Right, right. If everyone's in the same boat and you want to give somebody a cold read because you kind of want that first impression of like how they sound or how they look, but, you know, within like also giving them, you know, a description, like this person is like from, you know, Spain or wherever, you know, mm-hmm. then that makes sense. But if it's like, there's just nothing and you're going in like, it doesn't really make sense, you know? And it's just, you know, I, I, my manager was like, Oh, I just wish everyone could come together and and see Mm -hmm. everyone's side. And I don't truly believe what the studios are saying. And they're saying they don't have enough money to make this type of content anymore, but yet Mm -hmm. they're paying the CEOs of these companies hundred million dollars mm-hmm. and the requests are not grandiose we're not asking for much for example a per diem which is mm-hmm. when you go on location you get paid like 50 60 bucks in cash so you so they they give you money to like go buy your meals right mm-hmm. for lunch or dinner whatever and one of the points was like for inflation if 
you know, we can increase that money because inflation is, is so much higher now. And they're just like rejected, (laughs) you know, and we're talking about these little things and it just makes you feel like you're just such a small, a small piece to this massive puzzle. Mm -hmm. And just no one cares about the little guy, you know? And again, the perception is, you know, there is no little guy because actors are all that 1%, but they're not. There was this great TikTok that I saw recently. Mm-hmm. And this guy was like on so many Netflix films and he was the lead of all these different shows. And he's like, I still had five other jobs. Like I couldn't make ends meet. Like it, mm-hmm. it, it's not what you think it is. Mm-hmm. And even for me, like Pretty Little Liars, and yes, of course, I'm very grateful to be on those types of shows, but the pay is not, it's not anywhere that you would think it would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, like you're saying, I mean, thankful, you know, that a lot of people can afford like to not have the highest per diem, but like you're saying these young, these, uh, you know, up and coming, like that don't really have their footing, but maybe they're new mm-hmm. and fresh, like they need that money. And I thought yeah. it was also interesting too, because I was reading somewhere that some of those streaming services don't release their streaming numbers. So no one really knows. Yes. Like how many Mm. people are viewing, you know, at what time and downloading and all the things. So it's kind of like they have this like veil of secrecy too on top of it. So it's like, which doesn't make you feel safe. mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't make you feel like people are being honest and open about it all. And I think another massive one that we should talk about is AI Mm. and just AI in general and what AI is going to do to our kids, what's going to do to us in the future. Um, But a massive one that we're trying to fight for is AI and taking someone's image and being able to use that image. Like for example, if they wanted to do a whole nother Pretty Little Liars show with Jenna, my character as the lead, they Mm -hmm. could do that and never, I could never see it. They could use my Mm -hmm. image. So it's like me actually being in a show, never pay me for it. Mm -hmm. Um, I have no approval of what's being said that I'm doing as my face. Right. And we have like no say it's like even background actors, they're saying that they'll come in for one day Mm -hmm. and then they can use their image for up to 70 years. So they get paid like what 90 bucks for the day for 12 hours work or whatever it is like maybe more, probably, it's probably not that it's probably mm-hmm. a couple hundred bucks, 300 bucks for the day. Mm-hmm. And then for the next 70 years, they can use that person's image in whatever they want. And that person doesn't get paid. That is wild to me. I cannot believe that. I mean, literally that's, it, it's actually scary. It's like, you could take somebody's image. You never even stepped in the studio. Like mm-hmm. you could pull an image from, you know, Google or like social media or something and create an entire role or like an entire cast from, yeah. but I mean that it, that blows my mind. That absolutely blows my mind. And like you're saying, without even paying these people, these real life Mm -hmm. people who they're like taking from, I know that that, that is where I think it's going to get really sticky, you know, like, and I, yeah. And it's so much more than just the acting part. Like when my husband and I have these really deep discussions about it, like mm-hmm. I used to have to stop at a sort, certain point because it just gets so overwhelming to me to even think about, mm-hmm. but there's so many jobs that we will not need because of AI. For example, mm-hmm. an architect, you will never need to hire an architect and pay tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars for an architect, because you will literally be able to say what you want into a computer. They will be able to give you all the blueprints of everything you could possibly want for your house, all mm-hmm. the plans, anything you want. And you know what it'll cost you? 25 bucks. So why is someone going to hire an architect when they could just do it on the computer for $25? It's cost effective. It's fast. 
mm-hmm. you get exactly what you want. So why are you going to need that? And that's the same with the writers, right? Writers are really mm-hmm. scared because they'll write a script like a Hallmark film and you get paid for that. Probably not that much, but you get paid for the script. And then G, mm-hmm. G whatever that AI, G, mm-hmm. chat, what is it? G chat? Yeah. G, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you literally be able to get to a point where you just say, write a movie about a girl and a guy in the snow. They have a they have families who are feuding and they fall in love at the end and make sure that there's these elements, you know, involved in it. And within minutes, you could probably have a script, you know, that you will never need a human writer to write that script. So you'll never need someone to write Hallmark movies anymore, you know, and those jobs will start to be eradicated. And architects, I mean, sir, there's no there's no reason for even people to like serve food to us anymore. There's no reason. I mean, you go into certain McDonald's, you walk up, you press yep. what you want, it gets served to you like on a little machine. Like in Los Angeles, there's a robot which that comes to you with your food. Mm-hmm. You're not going to mm-hmm. need those jobs anymore. It's just going to be so, it's not going to be cost effective. And so many jobs will be taken away. Yes. It's- higher level jobs too. Yeah. Yes. It was so funny. You said that because when we were traveling back yesterday in the airport, we stopped at McDonald's just to like get a little something. And that is exactly what I saw. I looked over, I guess I hadn't been to a McDonald's in a long time. And I looked over at the drink machine and it was just a revolving, like a conveyor belt of like drinks Mm -hmm. that were being poured from the machine without a human there. I mean, I remember, I think the last time I was at McDonald's, somebody was there filling up the drink cups, you know? And it's Mm -hmm. like, I looked over and it was literally just a conveyor belt going around. It was like, whatever the guy was typing in for uh, like on the cash register was being programmed. And I was, Mm -hmm. it blew my mind. I was like, oh my God. And so there were only maybe two people in the whole thing, actually Mm -hmm. human people working. The rest Mm -hmm. was all machines. Like, and the thing about it too, is they'll never get it wrong. The the human error part will, will be gone. And the computers will be so my husband said that like even flying mm-hmm. it will be at some point in our lifetime probably um definitely in our kids lifetime planes will be able to fly themselves to the point where there will be no there'll be no way to crash them they, they it, it'll be so foolproof because of the technology that there mm-hmm. will be so many backups to backups to backups to backups to backups that there's there's no way that the plane could even come down like that's how good these machines, how AI is oh going to get that these, these human error, it, it'll be eradicated. Like we won't need humans. Like, <laughs> and then what's going to be crazy is this is what scares me mm-hmm. is like, there's the whole scamming part of it all where, you know, my voice, like just say voice on this podcast and mm-hmm. AI machine and scammers can actually take my voice and scam my mom. Like, so I, it's like me leaving a voicemail to my mom mm-hmm. saying like, Hey mom, I'm here. I'm stuck. I need help please send X amount of money. I don't know what to do. I'm like, I got to get out. I've lost my credit card. Someone took it, you know, but it will sound like me speaking Mm. to my mom over voicemail that she'll do it because that's how good (sighs) these systems will get. Oh my God. Let's not give them any ideas. First off, (laughs) don't listen to us scammers. Second of all, all, do you think they can replicate what we do? Like on podcasts? Do you think like a back and forth? Of course, they won't even... There's just there'll be no need for humans. I think that that's yeah. why you know a lot of these big leaders are saying like we we need to figure this out now. Yeah, because Harness AI it. will mm-hmm. get so good and so smart that it will start to have its own intelligence system and start to like want to eradicate us. Oh like, why God. are we here? What is the point of us? They will become their own entity. 
right? And it's like those movies that we saw like back in the day in the 90s where you're like, oh my God, this is like, this will never happen to us. Mm -hmm. You know, this is so (laughs) far-fetched. But it, but it, you know, there's a book, my brother read it called The Singularity Theory. And I think they talk about this a lot. And that Mm -hmm. book was written so long ago. And I was like, nah, that'll never happen. Mm -hmm. But there's absolutely a possibility, if not a probability, if these world leaders or people who have their hands on this technology don't figure this out now. But before it gets into the wrong hands and really spirals, right? Like, yes, that's so And they say too, and this is what like with kids and their image online is like by having that blueprint of our, of our kids out there, Mm -hmm. AI and that technology can use their identities and like identity theft, all of it, you know? So it's a a big can of worms Mm -hmm. that I think that we, we're not really seeing how, how scary it could and maybe he's going to be right. No, that is so scary. Um, we, I wanted to ask you something cause you brought up our kids and it's kind of shifting direction a little bit, but I really want to know your opinion on this. So love it when I give an opinion, <laughs> <laughs> tell us more. I love no. an so is it okay? Okay. Let me preface this first by saying my daughter's birthday party is coming up, right? Cause she just turned nine. So we're planning the birthday party, but the birthday party place has a capacity number for the amount of kids you can invite because it's just a small room. It's not like a big, big place. So there's a capacity number. So on the invitation, I wrote no siblings, please. Now, do you think that that is okay or is that rude? I think if you explain it, it's not rude. I think if you just leave no siblings, I'd be like, man, shut up come to your party. <laughs> Screw you. It's all for one, but one for all. Um, but if you said no siblings, please, very limited space, mm-hmm. I would be like, no problem. And to be honest with you, I've got two kids and one, you know, my, I have a little one. So it, it's great to not bring her sometimes because right. I'm like, oh God, then I don't have to go. That's great. <laughs> I can just be with a little one like Sean can take Um, But I think an explanation is, is important. And then what do you do about, cause I always tell mm. everyone no gifts. Um, yeah. But then I'm also at a point where my kids want gifts. Yes. So it's like this weird, like, I don't want gifts for two reasons. We have so much, we're so yeah. lucky and, you know, blessed. Like we've got so many toys. I don't mm-hmm. think the kids need more toys. Number two, it's just like more stuff. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm we're all about trying to get rid of stuff rather than more stuff. Mm-hmm. And then three, I don't want to put people in position. Like I can't expect that everyone, you know, that stuff adds up. People are spending 50 to hundred dollars. And I don't know if, if that's fair to them when there's so many birthday parties and mm-hmm. like, I'm asking them to like, but then my kids do want the gifts. So I always say no gifts and then she always gets gifts, but at least, but at least when I say no gifts, I feel like the people who can't right. or they're freaked out because they don't have enough time and they're not stressed about it then yeah, sometimes we don't get a, if there's like 10 kids, maybe we'll get seven gifts because three mm-hmm. people won't. But most of the time people do bring gifts. So what do you think about that? So I think, I think it's totally fine to put no gifts on there. But most of the yeah. time that I do see that, I feel like everybody, especially if it's a kid, people bring gifts because they're like, 
but you yeah. know, they're a kid and they know what that feels like, you know, like it's so exciting when a kid opens a present yeah. on their birthday, you know? So I totally get that. I totally get that. And I know what you mean by like paring down and not wanting more stuff, mm-hmm. you know, cause like you're saying, mm-hmm. there's plenty of stuff don't need it. You know, it's like, it just takes up room, but it is, there is something magical though, about having your little one open presents on their birthday and seeing all the gifts that they get. And they get so excited about about it. And then two seconds later, they don't even do it. (laughs) Five minutes later, they're like, okay, well, like I'm done. Like I don't need that, but it is like the moment, but I do think it's a good, it's a good thing now, but what about for adults and gifts? Like girlfriends and gifts like let's say because your birthday's coming up do you expect oh, your girlfriends I, <laughs> to get you gifts um I used to love gifts but mm-hmm. I'm as I get older I realize that yes I do feel like a lot of my friends have extra probably spending money but I've always been pretty conscious about like what about the people that don't mm-hmm. you know and like I've been in situations in my life where I haven't had that extra money and I felt really overwhelmed because I want something that's really nice and I didn't have that extra money and I felt pressured. So I feel when it comes to gifts, personally, I love gifts, but I'm totally Kate to not have gifts. Mm-hmm. I just want people to do what makes them happy. Like instead of being like, don't do it from me. Do it because, oh my gosh, I want Tamara to have this because I know she loves hand cream. But I don't, but <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Like, but like, she likes a candle or whatever. Like, she likes um, a lipstick. I love lipstick. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Because it's like a little token of like, she would love this and that makes me happy, mm-hmm. I think is a nice gesture. But I'm also a big fan of like, I, I love doing the everyone puts in 20 bucks mm-hmm. and then one thing gets bought or 30 bucks or whatever because everyone's got 20 bucks. I don't feel, I mean, not everyone. I shouldn't be saying that, but you know, some people have 20 bucks and you put it all together. And by the time you put it all together, it's a hundred and something dollars mm-hmm. and you buy something nice, like a little ring or something. And then that's like a little memory. I don't know. I'm, I'm not a big, I think because gifts were such a big deal in mm-hmm. my life when I grew up that I expected them. And I was disappointed when I didn't get them that I don't want to teach my kids that it's like all about the gifts. It's all about the gifts. It's all Mm -hmm. about the gifts because they're going to be disappointed at somebody like, Oh, I didn't get what I wanted. I didn't get this. I didn't get that. And it's just, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to let go of that idea and attachment Mm -hmm. to stuff. You know what I mean? Cause I feel like stuff can kind of bog us down. It's hard too, because I think like grandparents, especially like love to spoil their grandkids. So it's like, even when I'm like, okay, like no gifts or, you know, I'm trying to limit the gifts. I will find that like, for example, my parents will like go and like, you know, send, send my daughter a lot of gifts. And I'm like, wait, can we try to like parcel this out a little bit? So it's like, you know, so, cause she, of course she's going to get excited by the gifts and like, you know, think that like, you know, oh, I'm special because I've gotten all these gifts. So it's like, it, that is kind of a struggle for me too. But as far as the adult gifts go, I totally agree with you on the, the group gift scenario. Like, I think that that is a great idea and everyone can put in as much as they can, or they want, you know, and, and come up with like a good, you know, a yeah, good and you group end up gift. getting a nicer gift because Mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a little bit more money. And, but yeah, the gift thing for me is, is interesting. I also think that like, I've actually never, this 
Mm-hmm. I've never been taken. I don't know. Maybe I've got bad friends, but um, not anymore, Roxy. Oh, <laughs> Hello. But I've never, I've never been taken out to lunch or dinner with a group of friends. Like I've birthday? gone to lunch. I've yeah. gone to lunch and paid for it. I've paid for everyone's before many times. Like yeah. the 30th was at the Soho house. Um, I took care of it. Um, most of the birthdays I've had, mm-hmm. I took care of it for everyone. And that's probably just because I was raised to like, well, if people are coming all the way there, then you take care of it. Mm-hmm. But then right. I thought like, dude, like I always go to other people's birthday and I always pay for the birthday person. I'm like, wait, does this how it's supposed to work? So I don't know what uh-huh. the right thing to do is. I don't know what you do, but like normally I've paid for everyone. Like I've you know, never, I've never been paid for. That's interesting. You say that. And I wonder if it's like an age thing because younger, like post-college and then like, like after for like, you know, a certain amount of time, I feel like, like, for example, I have a group of like college girlfriends. So we would go, you know, to dinner or lunch or whatever to celebrate each person's birthday and usually everybody, but the birthday person pays. So it's like all the friends chip in, you know, that person whose birthday it is, you know, uh, doesn't have to pay. But then now as I've gotten older, I see it shifting And now the birthday person is the one that pays and like kind of treats everybody. And also I notice that if it's like couples, like if it's like, you know, like if the husbands or the partners are there, then usually the birthday person pays versus like, if it's just, let's say a group of the girlfriends, then I feel like the group pays, if that makes sense. I don't know. It's like weird. Like it's like unwritten rules. Like I feel like no one's really saying it, but then like when the bill comes, it turns into like that. I know. And I hate, it's oh my weird, gosh, I right? just saw a TikTok yesterday. Uh-huh. Tell me what you think about this. Okay. Is that the bill came to $5,000. There was a huge group okay. of people. It wasn't a birthday, but mm-hmm. it, the bill came to $5,000 and the girl was like, yeah, we all split it. And the guy, this guy stood up and I actually agree with him. He stood up and he mm-hmm. said, I am not splitting the bill. He's like, I literally didn't have anything. Everyone else had lamb chops and steak and mm-hmm. all this alcohol. He's like, I had like a chicken salad and I'm paying now $300 for a chicken salad. I actually, I think mm-hmm. I like our group of friends who do have an awareness. Like mm-hmm. if, listen, if it's so close and everyone's, it's like right. a drink here and there, then there's no right. issue. But if someone's drinking like 10 drinks and the other person like has not even had a sip of water, I think, and that's what happens in our friendship group. They say something, mm-hmm. they're like, look, you didn't drink anything. You pay 20 bucks less or 30 bucks less or whatever. And I think that's fair. I mean, what do you think about that, about splitting the bill when it's so high and you didn't have very much? Yes, I do think, especially when it comes to alcohol, because alcohol is very expensive and very pricey. And if someone's ordering a two, $300 bottle of wine and somebody else didn't even drink, then I don't think the person that didn't drink should even pay for that, you know? But if it's within, let's say a certain, like less than $20, then like maybe everybody splits it like evenly just for like convenience sake. Mind that. I don't even mind that. I don't even mind mm-hmm. spending 20 bucks or 30 bucks extra to yeah. split the bill. I don't even mind up to 50 bucks or 60, yeah. whatever. But when it starts to get like a hundred, like a hundred dollars more and you have had nothing and no one says anything, mm-hmm. I think it's bad etiquette. Like, and then the person can choose. The person can say, no, 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 it's fine. Let's just mm-hmm. split the bill. But when you don't even get a choice and you're mm-hmm. like, wait, you don't know what that person's going through. What if that person's going through a really hard financial right. or whatever? I think they should, they shouldn't look like they're being cheap or they're not like, 
caring about the rest of the girls or whatever. Right. And they, and you know, a lot of people don't feel safe saying, well, this month, like I, I'm really struggling about this or my mortgage just went right. up or whatever. Like people don't want to say that at a table. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important for the person or maybe the host to be like, okay, well, she didn't drink and she didn't drink. So you pay X amount less or whatever. I think it's important for someone to say that. And then the mm-hmm. person can choose. Then yeah. the person will be like, no, 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 no. It's fine. Let me ask you this. Okay. There is a friend of mine. He, he was just telling me this. He went to dinner with another friend who came into town um, from the East coast. And so they went to dinner and they had a beautiful dinner, you know, like went to like a top restaurant here in Los Angeles. They had cocktails, they had food, you know, they just were ordering like normal, like how they normally would. At the end of the meal, the girl didn't pay for the food. She was like, okay, thank you. And he was like, and they're not dating. They're not together. They're just friends. Like, like was not a date. Like they were just a catch up sort of a thing. And he was like, excuse me. And so basically she, they probably had the dinner. I'm guessing like, cause it was probably $400, like a cocktails no. dinner, you know, like a nice place here in LA. And she just didn't offer to pay was just like okay and thanks. Just, but then what did he say like did he just he, let her walk out he no he ended up he ended up paying but he was so mad he got up and left like right after the like the payment happened like he just got up and left because he was like i cannot deal like he was like bye like he was so pissed like he just got up and left but I wonder why oh, he didn't oh, say like, sorry. bill came i'm forgetting I wonder why he just didn't say like well we're splitting it right because well, I think right. I'm sorry. He did say that he did this. This is the part of screening. Cause I'm like, wait, why is this not when I'm telling it? It sounds like it's his fault. Yeah, like yeah. he didn't say anything. She got there and she was like, oh, I don't have my wallet. Oh, then I would have said Venmo me at the table. I think. Oh, at the table. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I'd be like, okay, great. So just send yeah. me 200 and whatever. Yeah. Um, here's my Venmo and we'll, we'll, yeah, you're no, right. No you way. know what? He should have said that. You're right. Cause that yeah. would have been, I think he was so mad in the moment because he felt yeah, like he was probably so shocked by it. Yes. He felt like it was a setup. That's what it was. He felt like it was a setup. Like she knew she wasn't going to be able to pay or she wasn't going to bring her wallet or whatever the, the reason was. So he felt right. like she already knew that. And she just kind of ordered as if she was going to pay for her share so that he was really pissed at the end. And then he got up and left. That's what it was. She didn't have the wallet. That's what it was. Okay. But he was like the way he like explained it, he explained it as if it wasn't like she just left her wallet and was like, oops, it was like, she was like, I can't. Yeah, I can't like, I can't pay for this and expected him to pay for it essentially for her without saying anything. Yeah. I think that's that's total BS. You know, I think that we should always be conscious and, you know, forward thinking about people's situations again it's not our job to like always think what everyone's thinking all the time but just being conscious about it like mm-hmm. you know I think that comes with age too I never assume anything when I go to right. dinner with people or even in general like my whole thing is like you know when I was younger I used to be like well if they're not calling me back like they hate me or it's about me oh, right. you know? and I'm just like people are all dealing with their own stuff and mm-hmm. it's not always about you. And if someone's at the table and they can't pay, it's not that they don't love you. It's just that they're probably having a really rough month. And I think mm-hmm. just being conscious and aware of that is like really important as we get older. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And like you're saying, what we t- uh, was it Mel Robbins? 
Mel Robbins, I think is the one that talks about like having low expectations, right? Like low expectations. And then yeah. you don't get as a, you know, you don't get upset about things as much or like, you don't, you know, you're not bummed out. And, when it, may, and it doesn't, and people get confused. Cause like I put on my Instagram once, like have, you know, re, it's supposed to, you're supposed to recalibrate your expectations, mm. like, okay. recalibrate them, not have none because uh-huh. people are like, well, having no expectations, then like, you know, there's things that I need and that's fine. That's called boundaries and asking for what you want, mm-hmm. but you can't expect somebody to do or be or say the things that you want to say or be because they're not you. Everyone's different. Everyone has different thought processes and traumas and like their own stuff that mm-hmm. if you have an expectation of how something's going to go, you will always be disappointed because you know, you're setting yourself up for failure. So recalibrate those expectations. Don't put those on other people. Be like, well, when we fight, my husband should, so these shoulds and coulds and woulds should mm-hmm. come and say, he's sorry. He should be loving in this moment. Can he see how hard I'm working and I'm tired or I'm premenstrual? He should be like this. You're just going to set yourself up for failure and feel like mm-hmm. shit. And so like my husband and I had a fight like two days ago. And, you know, while I was in it, I was, I, I haven't had a fight with him like this where it's mm-hmm. a fight about nothing. And like, mm-hmm. we just have all our trauma is like blinding. It's like, mm-hmm. no, I'm just talking from my traumatic place. He's just talking from his traumatic place. We're all just like, we weren't even, I was re- rereading the text. And I was like, oh, cause we're fine now. And I was like, there was, we weren't listening to each other. I would say mm-hmm. something and he would talk about a completely separate thing. And he kept mentioning, but last night, and I'm like, dude, we've moved on from last night. Mm-hmm. And it's like this weird pull. Into, and I thought, wow, like I, it was bad habits that I have, which is like expecting back to the expectations, expecting him to argue with me in the way that I like to be argued or give mm-hmm. me what I need in the moment and reassure me because that will make me feel better. He, he needs to make me feel better. That's what I expect. Right. Mm-hmm. And when he doesn't, then I don't like it. And then I attack because my expectations are so high, mm-hmm. you know? And then there's a difference between expectation of like, yeah, like if you need your husband or partner or wife to like pick up your kid and your kid's always late, then that's an expectation. That's a real expectation that you need to be met because mm-hmm. you don't want your kid waiting at school. You know, right. those types of expectations I think are, are, are good to have, but mm-hmm. you also have to recalibrate them. If they're five minutes late, you got to let it go. They're 10 yes. minutes late, you got to let it go. And if they can't make it because there's bad traffic, then you go get the kid. You know what I mean? That's like, that's, mm-hmm. that's a way to recalibrate those expectations. Also, when all else fails, everyone should check out my Insta story today. You just take your partner to the best Mexican restaurant and give her a nice fat margarita. It should do oh, the trick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Margarita does the trick. Margarita did the, still does the trick for me, but it's been a minute. We could talk I, forever. I know we have to go soon, but uh, we could talk forever about all the things that are going on. <laughs> all the things that are going on, girl. What about yeah, I've okay. been intermittent fasting? Oh, oh yeah, you're doing it, right? It's it's still yeah. happening. It's been a month. I haven't given it up. <laughs> Are you obsessed still? Do you still love it? I love it. I intermittent fasting, mm-hmm. you know, is and I'll I'll be quick about this, but um it's so much less than I know people do it for weight loss and they do it to get healthy, and that's great. Um it is not a form if you have distorted eating, my PSA is do not do this. If you've had, Mm -hmm. you know, I've had past eating disorders, but it's been 15 years Mm -hmm. since I've had any type of distorted eating. So I felt like I could do this. It has not triggered any of my past eating disorder issues. Mm -hmm. Um, But what you do theoretically, the idea is 16, eight. So you uh, fast for 16 hours and then Mm. you eat within an eight hour period. 
So typically I stop eating around six, six thirty, and I'll eat again at 10, 10 30. Mm -hmm. Um, the first week I did not feel great. I felt pretty dizzy because what happens is we're all sugar burners. What happens mm -hmm. is when you stop eating, your body starts to use sugar for energy. Mm -hmm. And when your body's using sugar for energy, you actually start to get hungry. That's where hunger comes from. It's like you burn all that sugar and your body just doesn't know what else to do because it's looking for more sugar. And that's why we crave so much sugar. So what happens with intermittent fasting is it turns your body from a sugar burner mm -hmm. to fat burner. So after a period of time, after 12 hours, your body has used all the sugar within it, within itself mm -hmm. and will now turn on to burning fat. And when mm -hmm. you're a fat burner, when you stop burning sugar after 12 hours, you start burning fat. Of course, you you lose weight. But there's so many more incredible things that happen that people don't talk about. Your mental health gets better. Your sleep gets better. My husband had so much inflammation in his joints. He is not sore at all. Mm -hmm. He couldn't even get out of bed from after COVID because he was so inflamed in his knees and his back and his shoulders. <gasps> he has no pain, no inflammation whatsoever. So many people say that it's helped them with PCOS, mm -hmm. um, like uh, any autoimmune issues that they have, because our bodies are meant to eat and fast, eat and fast. Mm -hmm. If you think back to it, like we were hunters and gatherers, right? right. So as we go out and would hunt and would eat, 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 and then we'd have to use that storage to then fast in those lean months. So okay. our body is actually designed to do that. I've got questions. <laughs> I'm sure you do. <laughs> Let's start from the top. Within okay. the with it oh first of all are you hungry because i would feel like i'd get hungry like in the in between the first time. week yeah. you're hungry and then it's this fascinating thing about like why when we get hungry are we mm. so like scared of that feeling right we're like oh we're hungry we, we must put something in our body and mm -hmm. it's interesting because when i go through that so yesterday i had like a weird hunger pain around 7 p.m mm -hmm. and i just let it pass and i literally have not been hungry since last night 7 p.m. Because my body was probably burning sugar, like I said. Right. And then when it switches over to burning fat, you don't get those hunger pains. I'm not hungry. It's really? so fascinating. And then when I eat my breakfast in the morning or I eat at 10 or 11, mm. I'm so full <laughs> until like three. Like I'm so full. Like I don't have, you know, like sometimes you eat and then two hours later you're hungry yes. again. That yes. does not happen. Like it, I don't have those weird hunger pains or anything like that. And if you are hungry. You can do this thing where like, I just do like a decaf black tea in between. And funnily enough, like that helps. The first uh -huh. week is the hardest because your sugar levels are all over the place. I used to suffer hypoglycemia all the time. I don't have that. I don't get dizzy anymore. Um, I now can exercise in the morning without food. I never <gasps> could do that. I was right. like, oh my gosh, I have to eat before I work out. Right Now it's like, I have so much energy. <gasps> I don't ever have crashes, but it, it takes time to build up to it. And I must say for people who are listening to this, you have to do it in accordance to your cycle because Alicia Vitti, who came mm -hmm. on, um, she said that, you know, when it comes to intermittent fasting, they haven't done a lot of tests on women. And that mm -hmm. is true. Like all of it has been, you know, women are kept out of so many health studies mm -hmm. and you have to do it. We're going to have this amazing um, guest on who talks about this. You have to do it in accordance to your cycle. So the week before your period, you can't fast. Because if okay. you do, you'll mess up your estrogen, you'll mess up your progesterone. And when you're ovulating, you can't fast more than 15 hours. And mm -hmm. when I say 15 hours, so you stop at six and you then eat at nine. You know what I mean? Oh, so okay. it's just like that 15 hour window. But when you're not in your ovulation or just before your period, you can fast. Sean did a 24 hour fast yesterday. What? He felt amazing. He wasn't starving. No, not at all. Wow. 
Oh. And he felt amazing. Like it was so interesting because when he did eat. Right. And this is again, like, you know, people listening go, well, this is distorted eating. It really isn't. If people do the research, like it's actually fascinating because not only did it not trigger my distorted eating from 15 years ago, it made me enjoy food more because I was (laughs) like, oh, I can enjoy this lovely bowl of pasta and I can enjoy even this piece of cheesecake because I know that it's not going to be, I'm not going to eat the cheesecake and the pasta. And then right before I go to bed, I'm eating a bag of chips and, you know, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, you know, you get to enjoy what you're enjoying in the moment and right. then you can let your body rest from it. And it turns on human gro- growth hormone, which mm-hmm. is like people spend so much money to get a tiny percent of what actually you get mm-hmm. from fasting and mm-hmm. helps testosterone in guys. Cause as you get older, your testosterone levels lower. Mm. Um, it's, it's, it's been fascinating. It's been a month and I don't even know if I can go back to the regular place. eating. No. What, can you eat anything you want within the eight hour period? Right. Like could be anything. Yeah. But you, you want to try to not like, because, because your sugar levels are pretty balanced after, mm-hmm. when you're, after you're fasting, you don't want to like break your fast with like a big bowl of ice cream. Yeah. Can you? Sure. But it's just going to really spike your sugar levels and you might I mean, you'd feel fine, but you're probably not going to mm-hmm. feel the greatest. You want to break mm-hmm. that fast with like, I always break it with a protein shake. So banana, peanut butter, protein powder, and almond milk. Mm-hmm. And it's the best thing in the morning because I'm like, oh, I'm breaking it. And then just a lot of like proteins. You can have carbs, whatever. But but it is fascinating. It's a, it's a fascinating mental thing too, because I've seen people who do like these seven-day water fasts. And right. they said that they've never had more energy in their entire life because wow. you're, you don't have you're not, pro- your digestive system's not always like bogged down and processing, right. processing. You're and making you tired. Energy. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what about, um, can you yeah. drink coffee with like, before you, you break the, fa- you can do it before yeah. you break your fast. Yes. You can have coffee. You can do black coffee. As long as you don't have anything that has a calorie in it, because the calorie is what breaks the fast. It, it stops you from being in a fasted zone. So if you've got calories in milk, okay. calories in sugar, whatever it okay. is, all of a sudden your body's burning that and it's not burning. You you haven't turned into a fat burner at that point. So you you've got to you can have black tea. Yeah. You know, obviously water stuff like that. Black coffee. Can you do um, hot water with lemon? Of course, if it's, okay. as long as it yeah, of course, of okay. course. Like that stuff is is totally fine. And it's not like think about it. You just eat a little earlier and you eat a little later in the morning. It's not like yeah. It's not like it's you're not crazy. All day. You just yeah. you just start eating at ten. You know what I mean. And you can so, drink while you're doing it. You've just as long as you drink within the time block. You could drink. I'm sure. But you know, what's interesting mm. is you don't, when you're fasting, it's like kind of what people say about, and I've, I, you know, some people take a Zimpic for alcoholism, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't know this. It's because something about balancing your blood sugar levels, which you do from fasting mm-hmm. makes you not crave the alcohol anymore. Like, it's mm-hmm. almost like you don't, like, I don't crave sugar. I used to eat sugar every night. I'd have like half a block of chocolate. That's right. all I would want. Even though I can have that now, I don't want it. My body doesn't want it. It's like, I because because my sugar levels have completely leveled right. out that I'm Stabilize. not like, yeah, I'm not like, oh my God, I need some sugar to feel better. Or oh, I need some sugar for energy or some sugar because I'm depressed or sugar for whatever. I don't crave that at all anymore. So what are you saying? I should do it? <laughs> well, wait, <laughs> see me in person and see if I'm different to you. And if I've given you some kind of... um like you're, you know, inspired to do it because you see me in all my glory, then, (laughs) then yes. If I see you running through fields, jumping over flowers and chasing rainbows and butterflies, I might have to do it. (laughs) 
And it's interesting yeah. to do it with your partner too. Like, I feel like, I feel like, I don't know, maybe David and I would be like competitive about it a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. where we'd be yeah. like, well, I fasted the longest or like, I did like, you know, ate healthier today. I don't know. I don't know. It feels like it can kind of get a little competitive. No. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't feel, I feel like we're for the first time on the same page with it because okay. it's nice to do something together. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, it's mm-hmm. nice to just be like, it's, you got to kind of be on the same page, but what really happened is I was doing it mm-hmm. and because I was doing it, he saw the benefits and mm. then he wanted to do it too. So I always uh, believe in leading by example, instead of telling someone what to do, be yes. like, you know, I'm cutting out gluten. I'm doing this. I'm doing a fasting. I'm doing a health kick or whatever. And then people kind of go, Oh, they look good. They feel good. They're nicer. They're, mm. you know, they, they, they look vibrant. You know what I mean? So yeah, I feel like if people lead by example, then whoever the partner is, is probably going to follow through. And the kid, you know, not the fasting with the kids, but the kids, like mm-hmm. when you're having a healthier lifestyle, your kids kind of fall into that too. Right. Mm-hmm. So like when you're exercising and outside, cause you feel better, your kids are, you know, outside with the ball and they're not sitting on their iPads because you're more active. Mm-hmm. So it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, damn. I guess I'm going to hit the hay and go intermittent fast now. <laughs> What's the time right now? And I'll tell you if you can. Okay. Tell me if I can. It is 4.46 PM. Okay. So just do it easy. Do um, uh, eat until seven. Okay. And then see if you can eat tomorrow at 11. Okay. So seven. And you know what? 11. Even if it's stressed, just do like, do 10 just to like give okay. yourself a first start. Okay. You could do seven till 10. Seven till 10. Okay. So I have to wrap it up my eating by yeah, seven. I think you're having an operation. You know, I tell you not to eat after midnight. <laughs> yeah. They're like, be sure you fast in the morning. Yeah. You'll be like, meh. Be like the woman in for a C-section. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to be late to my own C-section. I'm going to yeah. eat this pizza. No. You don't want them to like, you know, to suffocate while the tube's down your mouth. Oh my God. I know. That was the hardest too. Cause they gave me like a 2 p.m. time slot. I'm like, um, I'm a little thirsty and hungry. <laughs> um, question before we yes. go, w- will you get a colon? Everyone's talking about colonoscopies and yes. TikTok right now because so many people are getting diagnosed for colon cancer so much younger these days. Mm-hmm. Will you get a colonoscopy? Oh, I've got a story about that. Sit around, kids. Here we go. Okay. So <laughs> back in the early aughts, And when I was just a young spring chicken here in Los Angeles, uh, some friends and I decided we should go get a colonoscopy. So we go to the place and this is when colonoscopies, I guess, were kind of like relatively starting to catch fire a little bit. Like people were getting really interested in them and like really wanting to try them. So we went to this place and I just remember the like the nurse comes out and she's like, okay, I have one plastic tube and one like metal tube who wants the no. plastic tube i was like, plastic. <laughs> like give wait it it's me. not a colonoscopy so- you're talking about a colonic colonic oh, oh we talking about- <laughs> i was <laughs> like wait you guys had a group colonoscopy so you all went under and you oh all had God. like a mini surgery like not a surgery mini procedure like and, and you meant a colonic Okay. That's what so I meant. colonic guys is when they just suck the poop out. Yeah. It's really not a colonoscopy. A colonoscopy is a medical procedure to see if there's any polyps in there that they scratch out. This is just to get the poo out of you. That's what you're talking about. That's exactly what I was talking about. Oh yeah. Switching gears. Okay. 
It's a cheers to colonoscopy. Yes, I know that. Also had a colonoscopy. Um, I actually, the worst part of it was just drinking the stuff like the day before, because when I went in, they give you a, a shot in your arm and you sleep the entire time and you feel so rested. It was like the most restful sleep. So actually the actual procedure itself was not bad at all. I thought, um, yeah. but I had to get it because my maternal grandmother had colon cancer in her sixties. She didn't pass away from it, but still they're like, well, we should just be sure, you know, go in and get it. I didn't think it was bad. Now, have you had the colonoscopy yet? I have not. I'm not in an age where I'm supposed to yet, but I think people at 45 are starting to go in definitely Mm -hmm. by 50 half, like Mm -hmm. pretty standard. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, 45, they're now saying is the first step to go like the first year to go in Mm -hmm. and then every five years, so 45, 50, 55, 60, I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's so much, but at least it's, they can, you know, see what's going on. And a lot of these polyps, which can turn into cancer, they, they scrape them out, you know? So Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I've, I haven't done my boob exam yet. You know, where they squish your boob, the, mm. the, the, the mammogram, the mammogram. I haven't done that yet, but I know it's like soon. <laughs> um, so I want to do that, but yeah, I'm the colonoscopy thing. Maybe, 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 maybe. You you know what? Your mammogram should be your 40th birthday present to yourself. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, we should do, um, that, uh, that. You know when they scan your whole, you do an MRI of your whole body. Yes, the yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes, let's do that. Can we? Which will help our health thing. We'll do Botox yes. after. Yeah, exactly. We'll get. A little, I haven't had know. Botox, but you know, I'm, I I feel like I should go to yours because she might listen to my neuroses and she like deals with you. <laughs> she is the most patient, like sweet Dr. Kelsey Roloffs at UCLA. Love you, love you, love you. She is the yeah. most patient, amazing doctor for Botox or any kind of, you know, injectables. She's an ocular facial plastic surgeon. And yes, you should come with me to see her. Amazing. Well, guys, that is it. I have got to get out of here. Um, I love our little sessions, our sessions, 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 sessions. Um, (laughs) It makes me happy. I feel like I caught up with you and I forget that we're recording half the time. So yes, (laughs) I know. It's so good. It's like, we're catching up, you know, I know loves it. Well, guys, let us, you know, just, just come talk to us. We should really get our audience involved because there's so many of you that listen and yeah, I get some like, I don't know, callers or, Mm -hmm. you know, feel like we actually are doing a podcast rather than just you and I chatting. (laughs) We do have some fun developments coming in the fall, though, which we haven't. Oh Lord, yeah, we can't yes. talk about amazing yet, but there's going to be some amazing going stuff. On. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we've got some incredible guests in Los Angeles. Yes. You're um, finally coming back to LA. I know you got me for two fucking days. Don't you fuck <laughs> it up, Roxy? <laughs> yeah, no, you're so funny. You're like, we're gonna shoot like 20 episodes a day. i'm so mad we can't shoot friday too well not that i we need to but just in case like what if something goes wrong girl you're welcome to come with me to disney anytime (laughs) you know if i had my kids i would come for sure you should you know i'm gonna well do you gonna be back for my birthday your birthday you're not even gonna be here on your birthday you're not even gonna be friday night is my birthday that's when jamie said oh this is a good question but no, no. Okay. Jamie leaves on Friday. She goes out of town on Friday. She goes she to. Changed it. Are you look, sure? Look at us, okay. <laughs> she said it's okay. We could do it Thursday night. Yeah. Yeah, we can do it Thursday night. Yeah, let's do it. It's my birthday. If you guys aren't there, I'm gonna kill you. 
we're like zooming in. We're like, Hey, happy birthday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I guess Thursday night it is. And then I go to Vegas, which is kind of good because I'm going to try to go to Vegas on Friday and okay. birthday present to myself. Um, I go see Beyonce on Saturday. <gasps> Beyonce, and, uh, and my girl. friend flies in on Friday. So I might as well just go see <gasps> Adele on Friday. Oh, you should do a, a twofer. You should do Adele do on Friday and Beyonce. That's like the girl. That's like I mean, the two, dream. Uh, two days in Vegas. That was a lot, isn't it? I mean, that's a limit. Two days is the limit. Then yeah. you could do a pool party during the day on Saturday. Oh, that is true. Uh-huh. You better get yeah. your G-string out, girl, but get that booty going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I love you love so much. And uh, we are Women on Top Official on Instagram. And Women on Top Podcast on Facebook. And Women on Top Official on TikTok. And guys, don't forget to rate, subscribe, and comment. And I am Tam and Surf Talk. And I am Roxy Manning. And we are <gasps> Women, Women on <gasps> Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu.